Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Today, I have a wonderful guest with me today, Elizabeth Leifer. Branding and e-commerce strategist, creative director, and purveyor of good vibes. Self-description, by the way, guys. That's a self-description. Liz, what's going on? How are you? Oh, my goodness. So good to have you. What's going on? I'm excited to be here. Oh, my God. I've wanted to have you on for so long. I am so thrilled that you could be here, and I have so many questions. Bring the questions. So many questions. Okay, so (laughs) starting off, um, and I should have mentioned, your pronouns are she, they, um, I want to ask you um, about what you do. Can you tell the Transition of Style listeners a little bit about what you do? Um, I do... So for branding and e-commerce strategy, um, I work in two different spheres. One is more in the startup way of helping um, young companies understand all the steps and everything they will need to take a brand to market. Um, and in larger settings, I work on teams as a consultant um, to help already established larger companies um, expand their offering or go into a new area or to sort of pregame of how they're going to change up how they've been doing things for a long time right. in order to keep up with the current marketplace. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so just a little history on where, like how that all came to be. Can you tell us like how you got to this place where you are right now? Because you've had an illustrious career, <laughs> you know, in fashion and in retail. Like tell us, lead us through a little bit of a journey as to how you got there. Um, Wow, I've I've been alive a long time, so this is <laughs> this could get this could get just go for it. This could get long. This is uh, so okay. The 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 abbreviated version. Um, I started my life in fine arts as mm-hmm. a painter, yep. and um, went to school for that and art history and English literature. Um, but. Uh, at a certain point, I realized I needed to sort of monetize those skills. And so I started working on uh, TV and movie sets, and I was a scenic artist for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, as well as a bartender. Oh, of course, yes. (laughs) Gotta have the side hustle. Yeah, gotta have the side hustle. (laughs) Um, I had little kiddos at the time that I was raising. Yeah, my my kids. So this was like in the 90s. Um, And actually that moved me on this track uh, deeper into the film industry. Uh, I started doing script supervision as a line producer. I co-produced some independent features, um, did a lot of styling and wardrobe, uh, at first out of necessity, just because we had to have someone do it. And I uh, had always been into fashion and clothing. and Even, even as, as a child? My whole, my whole life, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, my folks were pretty fashionable. Oh, I took, really? I took a lot of cues from both of my parents. So it came from your parents? Yeah. I had no sure. idea. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that sort of transitioned at a certain point into working and producing in still photography and doing still lifestyling, which I really, really loved. Um, and with that, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was this huge shift towards e-commerce. 
And in noticing that and seeing which photographers I was working with that were sort of like digging their heels in, being like, you know, film will never die. Like we're, 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 you know, going to stick our ground. This is going to be a fad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the other camp that were very much on board with going digital, converting everything over, making the um, investment to actually convert their entire studios yeah. and to start working on e-commerce. And I was like, I want those guys. <laughs> I was like, that is literally <laughs> the future of everything. Right. And there will be no going back. So I want to start moving in a direction where I have that as my specialty. Right. And because you're like, okay, this is this is gonna be sustainable in the future. I can make money. I can, you know, I see this growing. Yeah. Um as and this like, other camp, not once, so much. Once you let this out of the bag, it they're it's still it. going back in. And I was like, that's seriously what everyone is gonna do. Wow. And it's a different pacing, it's a different uh, approach to mm-hmm. styling and to photography, everything. And so I wanted to go in that direction and really make that my my main focus. Wow. Okay. And so this is interesting. So when you decided to do that, um, what, whatever happened to the other camp, would you say? Like, can you talk about the other camp? Would you say some of them went out of business actually? Oh, wow. Some of them went out of business. Some of them transitioned into doing different types of work. Mm -hmm. Um, but most of them either didn't have a studio anymore because they basically, at, you know, at a certain point, no one was doing printed material. Of course. Like, it, yes. it just moved completely to digital. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them, it, it just wasn't their style of working, and they just, it it didn't appeal to them. Mm. And so they moved into doing other things. It was really, one became a gallerist that I remember, and... Wow. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Another one became a yoga instructor and started a giant studio with his wife in L.A. Like, I was like, you know. Right, they're like, but okay, we got we it. We it just wasn't their medium. Yeah. You know, it was, it's a different creature right. than doing, right. like, we, we all used to be in full environment uh, shoots where we would spend three weeks building an entire set that was custom for this shoot. Oh God, that sounds expensive you know, as hell, too, right? It, very expensive. Um and and also most of it was for print so it it was a very specific thing that you were going after and with digital you had this instant gratification it was really like you would do all this work and within weeks you would see it as opposed to getting a, a book in the mail six months later and being oh yeah i forgot i even worked on this like, <laughs> i was like remember that that was an amazing shoot like, you had already moved you, on like, yeah like, we had moved on we done later. so many other you're jobs like, it's coming down the bike from <laughs> yes you're like oh my gosh yeah this is a, i gotta put this in my portfolio it's so funny like, oh my god seriously <laughs> Um, oh and it just changed the face of of all photography. Well, obviously, it was smart of you to like hop on the digital train and be like, you guys are all crazy. That's the sinking ship. Yeah. And you're going down with the ship. It's terrible. I know. And I, I felt bad because it, you know, they, I, I mean, I would still work for them on stuff, obviously. Uh, but I could see them getting less and less work. Yeah. And yeah. seeing these other guys getting more yeah. and more work. And yeah, and and just what that work looked like and what the expectations were from the clients yeah. was a huge thing because it really the work became dictated by the expectation. It, before that, it was kind of like y- y- there was there was a lot more artistry in the build to yeah, it, and right. you would basically say to the client, "Oh, this is what the end result that you <clears throat> want. This is what it takes to achieve that." Right, and that was sort of the expectation was set by 
the team that was creating it. Uh, and the client, it was sort of up to them of, can we afford this? Do we want to do this? So interesting. Like, this How the tables turned a little and bit, And the though. tables completely turned. Wow. Because with digital, the expectation was being set by the client. By right? the, client. the client was like, I need this. This yep. needs to be the end I need this. Make it happen. I need it then. I need it in this, you know, this much of it. And I need this much content. And, and you... Like, tell me how little you can do it for. And that's what it became. So that's a really huge shift. That is a huge shift. It was was really intense, and it was interesting in pitching jobs because you had to... Like, I used to, you know, crew up teams and and, uh, sort of create these constellations of star talent Mm -hmm. um, for people. Mm -hmm. And it really... It just changed who you were looking for, what their skill sets were. There were people I knew that that were amazing stylists that would be like, you know, please use me more, use me on this, whatever. But they they didn't have pacing for digital. Like it wasn't it the, the person who's used to getting like five environment shots a day, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe eight. Yeah, it is not going to do as well on a set where we have to get. 25 to 40. Right. You know, right. it's just a different beast. It's a different skill set yeah. altogether, right? Definitely yeah. skill set. So it sounds like you were actually running these teams, right? You're basically sort of, how would you, would you say that was your role in this? Or well, no, I mean, it was when I was lucky enough that I was heading it up. Yeah. I, I it depended, you know, like yeah. there, there were other times when I was just brought in as the stylist or, you know, I worked with all, with so many people and it was freelance for 18 years I was freelance. Right. So right. it was really about the project and yeah. who brought you on and who had scored that client and uh, okay. what the structure was going to be. But if it was a client that I knew yeah. that came to me and said, this is what we want to do, you know, how can you facilitate that? Then yes, obviously I was going to put together a crew. I was going to give them an estimate where we I would do a budget mm-hmm. I'd do like a timeline, tell them, you know, and then have to make sure that we execute on that. So would you say you had more work as that in that role as opposed to just being a stylist? Which which of which, which? Oh, it just depends. We're talking about years, spans of okay. years. Right. And, this is like so, over a de- more than a decade. Oh wow! So okay. You're talking about you know I'd have years where I was working a lot as a stylist and uh, not doing as many of those, but every time they came up, I would jump on it. Or you know to you know a few years later, I would have a year like in. 2006, 2007, I was working for specific studios often and being a lead in there, but then also doing like side projects. So these freelance projects, it would be like, oh, okay, this, this is what this client needs. The client is a friend of mine. I'm going to put together a team and we're actually going to execute this and do this for them. So it really was based on opportunity of the gigs. Right. You know, okay. There wasn't, because okay. you don't have like a title. You're not sitting right. there going, yeah, right. oh yeah, I right. only do this. Right. Because right. it's not a full-time it's, job. It's, it's you literally yeah. do whatever job is coming up because right. you want to constantly have money coming right. in. Right. Like, and, and also, and also you want to keep yourself from. relevant as well, right? In those yeah. spaces, I would imagine. Yeah. Right? And just to stay connected and, and, you know, meeting new people on sets and, um, you know, when I when I moved to New York, honestly, I had to start from scratch, basically. Yeah. Like, Los Angeles is a different creature. Yes, always. Totally for different companies shooting For everything. There. For everything. Everything. Yeah, for everything. There's, everything. there's no crossover at all. It's in, it's incredible. I had the same situation when I was in entertainment. It's like, it's it's one set of rules here and another set of rules there. And once you, get, once you go to the other place, you're like, um, wait, do I have to start over again? Yeah. It's terrible. And I basically did. Yeah, like, you I, have to. I you have literally started my career over when I moved here. Oh, and I, and I was... I am glad that I did because it was time to do that. Um, 
but also it I love meeting new people. So for me, it was fun because I was like, oh my gosh, it's an entire new pool Well, of that's a good way to look at it because somebody else would have been pissed if they had to start all over again, right? No, I really wasn't. I, I really took the opportunity um, to see what was out there and really talk to people and find out, um, you know, it was great freelancing at e-commerce houses because that's an amazing way to meet people. Everybody uses it as sort of their filler, yeah. you know, like yeah. they'll work on bigger jobs, but you always want to have money coming in of if course. you're freelance. Yeah. So if you have these days where you can be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm booked for these four, you know, four weeks working at Guild Group and I'm working at Ideally and, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody used to use that as their in between, but that's how you met and worked with other photographers. And mm. then all of a sudden, I, you know, I'd be styling on the set with somebody for a week, and we'd really crush it. And then they'd have some outside job come on, and they're like, "Hey, I'd love to use you on this." And that's how that's how I rebuilt my career. That's amazing. So it's almost like networking through getting these gigs, yeah. like getting these little freelance gigs. It's amazing. Yep. So so let's talk a little bit about um, as you as a stylist. If you're coming into a, a project as a stylist. I'm curious about what, how you were received in those, in those, um, in those environments, you know, with your identity, um, in, in, um, with considering your identity, when you walk into those environments, what was, how are you received? Were you accepted? Did you find that you had to sort of like, I don't know, um, prove yourself? What, what happened? I mean, you show up and you're, you know, you're female, but you're not, you know, you, you, you dress the way you do. You're, you're. Um, you know, you, you have like a really great style that's not necessarily what people consider traditionally female, right? So what is what, what happens when you show up on those shoots as a stylist? Um, are you receiving the respect that you expect? What happens in that situation? Well, it's in, uh, so I will I want to clarify. So I was much more feminine presenting until probably the last 10 or 12 years. That's so a good, that's a good chunk of time, by the way. It's a long career yeah. before that, okay. where I very much played that part, okay. and I very much was part of whatever was um, not just trending, but just you know what was uh, stylish at the time, and and really always took an interest in presenting myself in that way. And over time, as I have shifted my outward appearance, um, which really has just been dictated by who I am in my evolution as a person, yeah. uh, just in being authentic mm-hmm. to myself and yep. what feels right for me. Yes. Uh, you know, as I've become more outwardly masculine, uh, it has definitely been interesting to see other people's reaction to that, especially people that I've worked with for many, many years really? who have known me yes. through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but also with, with newer clients as well. And, I think I've worked in corporate in the for the last chunk of time, um, and that's a little bit different because you tend you know you work with the same people all the time, and everyone gets to know you and and uh, you know through your work and who you are as a person and your your authenticity. There's a respect that builds, and uh, you know all of that seems starts to fall away. They just it's doesn't become an issue. Right. But now that I'm I'm. Uh, freelancing again and have mm-hmm. started my own LLC, I'm working with a lot of different types of products. So I'll go into a lot of rooms where there's sort of a bunch of finance bros and stuff in there. And that's always really interesting. I also always love your use of the word finance bros. <laughs> it's like the best thing. 
know who I'm talking about. Though. I almost feel like they it's like know who I'm talking minus about. Minus bronies. I'm expecting you to go to brony. <laughs> you stop at bros. But, you know, is it that different? Maybe not. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, though. And, I do and, know what you're it, talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, and, it, you know, now that it's moved a little bit outside of fashion and more to other types of products that I'm helping with, um, that conversation has changed a little bit. And it really is, you know, I, I feel like I'm lucky I'm in New York. So a lot of the time, you know, everybody knows that they can't just like gasp or do anything straight. <laughs> like they can't, <laughs> they can't like they can't, go into that meeting and be can't. like bug eyed, you know, they have to keep, keep They can't cool. just gasp. I love that. They can't, they have to be cool. Uh, they know enough to know that. However, <laughs> You know, I think it, there's this there's this moment where uh, you know you sort of have you have to prove yourself, and and it is it's the same way that you know women have to work ten times as hard and achieve way more than a guy does yes, in order do. to be recognized yes, or get a promotion or That's do right. whatever. Like they have to really bust their right. ass. Yeah. And it's almost like another layer of that because if you have to come into it being at your very best A game. Yeah. Because they're looking for some reason to not have to be uncomfortable and work with someone that maybe isn't in their usual wow. surrounding. Like, you have to really go in and just be like, the work speaks for itself. Like, this is what I've done. This is what I can create for you. I know what I'm talking about. It usually takes about five or ten minutes of chatting to get into that space where they're like, really? okay, I'm going to stop focusing on this and like wondering how to address this person and actually listen to what they're talking about because they know what the fuck they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it do, it takes a second. Like, you can, you can, it's palpable. Like, yes. the hurdle. You can feel it. It's palpable. You can feel it, I'm yeah. sure. So, but, but what is your process when that happens? Because, I mean, I'm guessing it happens every single time. Right? What is, what goes through your mind when it, while that's happening? Nothing. I mean, or, or do you ev- even think everything you know, and like, everything and nothing? Like I am, I am, I am just being myself. Uh, I will obviously because I can't help it. I I will note, uh, you know, physical cues and posture and you know how how people are um, responding, but. I don't let it change or alter what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm there to do a job. Right. That's it. Right. Like everything else can fall, will fall in line. Right. It usually does. Right. Uh, for the most part, but it, it's about the work. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to because I feel like for anyone listening right now, right, walking to an environment that you know they feel maybe a little uncomfortable about, or they feel, you know, let's say you walk into a work environment, right, and you are. You're expected to perform in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? But you know that based on your appearance or your your identity, you might be you're you're being judged, right? Yeah. So where someone else is not, what do you do? You know, you, you just talked about going in and making it about the work. Mm-hmm. You know, going in and and letting your work speak for itself, and not getting so caught up in like people's you know their judgment. It's really them. It's not even you. It's them. Yeah. Right? It has nothing to do with you. No, this is... I'm just sitting through their process. Right. It's fine. That's a really great way of saying (laughs) it. I'm sitting through their process. I love that. Yeah. 
and, and that's exactly what it is. It's annoying though, on some level where you're like, I'm annoyed that I have to sit. Like some people are just, I can see why you can sometimes be like, I'm tired of, I'm kind of annoyed that I have to sit through your process. You know, I, it's funny because with work stuff, I don't get annoyed. Um, but I do get to a point where I've had enough for a week and I'm like, I need to be so gay right now. Like I, if I don't go somewhere where girls are kissing right now after this, I'm going to lose my mind. That is amazing. Yeah. So it's almost as if you store it up and put it away. You're like, I'm at work right now. I can turn off the gay right now, but put it aside, put it on the shelf for a minute, and then I need to get it off that shelf yeah. and go someplace where girls are kissing. I'm like, I have had enough to straight people. That's so- I have done it. I'm up to here with them. Like, I got to go someplace so gay. Like, I'm going to go do all of the gay stuff in one night because I'm just like, I can't. I can't with this. It's almost like you have to recharge your gay battery. I do. I do. Your gay I'm batteries like, are like... I don't even care. Are like alarming levels of like deficit, and you're yeah. like, oh my God, I they're charging like minimally i'm going to the cubby after this minimally for a minute. i so understand that that makes sense yeah that's a really great way of dealing with it though because also you're 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 also going to gay establishments and you know being a patron there so yep. you're also supporting the gay community so of thank course. you for doing that always but you're recharging your gay battery as well yeah that's really great you're like i gotta queer it up someplace yeah so that i don't feel yeah like my like a queer deficit this is amazing especially in corporate i would just oh you know God. and I being in fashion especially it's like in corporate everything's yeah. super femme all the time everything very um you know, like selling to the one percent of the one percent because I was all always I was in the luxury space for a long time, and you know having these conversations about you know our customers and these women and like where they vacation and what are they going to need for this vacation oh goodness, and what yeah. is this hemline? Yeah. How can we talk about ruffles a hundred different ways? <laughs> and I would just be like, oh. uh-huh. I wish I could see your eyes right now. <laughs> it's the ruffle conversation. <laughs> Pushes you over the edge. The ruffles really <laughs> like, do me in. I cannot talk about ruffles one more day. <laughs> Twenty-five minutes oh, talking ruffles. about ruffles. Oh my god! But you know what? There are men. There are gay men in those spaces, right? And like, I'm curious. I like, didn't have a lot. Really? I, were there? Were there some? Really? But much way less than women. And you know, and let's say, let's. You know, Straight women, I should say. Right, right. But but even when there were, like, you can see that the way that they were sort of, like, being approached or the way that they were accepted was, I'm sure, very different from the way you were. Very, yes. Do you know what I mean? Completely. Like, night and day, I'm guessing, right? Completely. That's crazy. That well, is- it, and it's interesting. I had a, I had a boss that it, for, you know, a year she was trying to figure out how to compliment me. And it was always really awkward. It took a year for her to figure out? Well, it took a year for her to find the word dapper. (laughs) And then she had a word. And it became, like, the thing that she could say. So she just said it over and over again, I'm guessing. Well, just, you know, that that was her... She, I knew... I could see in her eyes her delight that she found, like, the appropriate thing to say to me. To compliment <laughs> my outfit. Like, me. like, what did you think when she found the word? Were you like, good for you? Well, in my head, I was like, there you go. Now you're getting it. <laughs> now you're, yeah. Now you're getting it. Keep it going. Good job. Yeah, you don't have to say pretty. You don't have to say, you know... You, or you can talk about a specific thing. Love that sweater. Or love that jacket. She or, really had to work on it, though. Mm-hmm. She was really having a hard time. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. So let me ask you, if, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but I want to see if you can actually put it into, like, like, summon it into, like, I don't know, like, some advice. If you're 
if there's someone listening right now who is walking into a space where they have to prove themselves, right? But they know that, you know, they may have to jump that hurdle, like you said, mm-hmm. before they are taken seriously, before they are ta- shown any sort of respect. What would you say to that person? Like, how would you, what, how would you mentor a person like that? What would you say to that person? Well, a few things. Um, anything in life, any room that you walk into, it's all about poise. Like, you have to stay on top of your game. Tune everything else out. It, it, you can't get your feathers ruffled. Like, yeah. you just can't. Right. It has to be, uh, you know, that focus of the outcome that you want. Right. And not letting anything small trip you up. Right. It, it, I, I've seen people have moments where, uh, you know, I could actually watch their confidence waning because of reception. The reception they were receiving and it's not worth it. It's honestly, it's not worth it. Like you can't give people that power. That's right. And you're not going to get every job. You wouldn't otherwise. Right. Like you're not. It doesn't matter. It, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, it doesn't like, matter. Like there are going to be some things where that might play a part into it. But honestly, in the law of averages, there's a lot of other things that play into it too. And it could be that you were totally gender conforming and you walked into some place and they were like, nah, I don't really like her style. Or I don't, you know what I mean? There's a lot of ways to get rejected. Sure. Don't take it personally. That's right. That's right. There's so many ways. <laughs> you know, sadly, like all sadly. of the ways, <laughs> depending on the day. Yeah, right. So it, you can't you can't take those things and then assign it to your gender expression. You know, it, it may have played a part in it. It may not have played a part in right. it. And if it did, fuck them. Like keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, right. just go to the next thing. Like, exactly. The, the world. There's is, always another job. The world is huge. There's always another job. Right. The world is huge. That's a, that's fantastic advice. I really love that. I think the keep it moving. You know, it's interesting because your advice, the advice you just gave is the advice I would give somebody about being authentic in their identity overall. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, because I feel like, you know, I I do feel like it is important for for us not to give our power away to people. Yep. Not to let them define who we are or how we identify. I think giving that power away is the worst thing you could ever do. I think it's a very bad, it's it's a bad idea and it's actually a very unsafe idea. To, to hand that over to somebody else. No one knows True. you better than yourself. You know, how you choose to identify on any given day is about you. You're, you're the author of that, right? You write that book. So yep. I, I love that I, that uh, advice, and I think it's a fan, fantastic advice for someone. And I would take that and move it to your larger, to, to the bigger picture, right? Not just in your work life. I would take it on to, you know, on a personal level, you know, and just who you are. Well, not, I'm kind of... I don't even know if I would have the option of separating it. I'm kind of just the same way across the board. So for me, um, because I, I, you know, I've been told a lot that I exude authenticity and it crosses over into my work from my personal self. Um, and I find that to be the hugest compliment. I don't personally think about it very much, but when I get that feedback, uh, it really thrills me because that is my ultimate goal is to be the same person all the time functioning day in and day out and have this be 
the most accurate representation of who I am inside. And I think you do that in spades. I will tell you, I think you do that in spades. And I think that, I guess the point I was trying to make before is that you do that in your personal life, which is why you can also do it in your work life, right? I, yes, so, I 100%, uh, it's it's across the board. That's right. And so, so I think... For you know anyone who's listening and is trying to figure out, out how to bring that to their work life, if try to get it going in your personal life first, right? Yeah. Because it is much easier to get it going across the board as soon as you kind of figure it out personally. Well, and I, I yes, I think that it, you know, it, it's, and I'm not, you know, now it sounds like I'm just saying it's like, oh, you can just, you know, flip a switch <laughs> and then it's all the time. It's like, <laughs> is that your thirst now? <laughs> I gotta love that. You know, I've been through oceans of shit to become who I am right yeah, now. Yeah. Literally. But sometimes it takes that, though, like, right? But yes. sometimes it takes that. It it does. Right? I'm 48 years old. I And awesome. <laughs> I um, you know, I lost my family because of needing to be true to myself, like long time ago, twenty some years ago. Um, you know, I have been on this long journey with that ultimate goal being um, self-acceptance. And with self-acceptance tends to come outward acceptance. I gotta, I gotta snap on this one. That's, that's the way it is. That's it. Yeah. That is it. it. It has to start with self, self-acceptance. And the truth of the matter is, is that then that means that you can't really open that up to committee. Yeah. Right? Self-acceptance is a soul pursuit. Yep. It's about you. It's about you looking in the mirror and being like, I like what I see. I'm good with it. Not about getting that acceptance from the outside world. No. And, and it, it's as soon as you are looking for that or that's how you're going to, you know, measure success, you're, you know, in my opinion, you're going about it the wrong way. It's, it's the opposite of that. And I can it, it all comes from inside. And... You know, it took me, it took me, what, 38 years of my life uh, and to get to a point where I gave myself permission to explore how I looked on the outside and really, you know, come to see that I could feel even more comfortable. It wasn't that I was uncomfortable, but it just wasn't accurate. Right. And it wasn't allowing me to be my best version of me right and all of these things have been these micro steps it's it's almost like answering the same question over and over with the same answer of like i need to keep moving in this direction right all these tiny tiny steps are going to lead up to this same end that's right and all these side decisions have to foster it that's right and it all has to go towards that's right it's like funneling into one one area but you know i i'd say that um you it's important. One of the reasons why I love doing having these conversations is because I want people to hear that it's okay to give yourself permission now, right? It, it took me so long as well yeah. to give myself permission. But I want to tell people, you have permission now, mm-hmm. you know? Like, give yourself permission now. You don't have to wait. Like, it, you can decide it's okay now. You also don't have to be 100% sure. You, don't. you can try on a lot of different things and see, like, figure it Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. You can try on a lot of different things. Just got her stylist hat back on. <laughs> and see how it feels. Yes. You know? Like, no, you, you can't allow other people or society to dictate 
what is going to feel good to you. Never. We're programmed, we're Never. trained, we're taught from a very young age. Like, this is what's supposed to make you happy. If you're a little girl, this is what makes you happy. If you're a little boy, this is what makes you happy. And, you know, all of that is just smoke and mirrors because at the end of the day, if you take people aside and start talking to them individually about stuff, it's so vastly different. That's right. No two people are exactly That's the right. same. That's right. Everybody has their own experience with, you know, with gender, even if that experience is, you know, the a, a typical, let's just say, like for the sake of this, like a typical male experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they still, it, like theirs is unique to themselves. That's and right. the things that help formulate them and the experiences they had and, you know, being roughed up by this guy, like yeah. going to change my life forever because then I started working out all the time or whatever, <laughs> you know, like everybody has their story. So true. And, and you know, you're allowed to have these things affect you and change you. You're allowed to have experiences and be, you know, have a response to them in that you're like, wow, I just saw something that blew my mind. Like that changed the way that I looked at clothing. I've seen people where it changed my life. And I I was like, what? (laughs) Like, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Like, I want me some of that. (laughs) Like that, yes. And that's why representation is so important. It's extremely important. You have to have those moments and you have to give those moments to other people who, you know, I've walked down the street and I've, I've had somebody catch my eye and and like make eye contact with the stranger walking towards me and have them, you know, sort of give me a look like like yeah, like <laughs> yeah, <that's> queen. <laughs> <laughs> and I've done that with other people, you know, cuz it's like in New York, yes, everybody just has yes. these like I've little tiny moments. I've been there. I've been there. I definitely. Yeah, and sometimes it just like I it, it's sometimes nonverbal for me, and sometimes it just flies out of my mouth. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like, it has, I have to say something. But yeah, I understand. I totally get that. Yeah, and I, totally I, I will see people, and I'm like, that person is amazing. Like, <laughs> I, will, I am taking all of this yeah, in. It's nice, and right? I'm making the notes. But the good thing, I do the same yeah, thing. Like, you see somebody, awesome. you just like, oh my god! Like, I there's something about what you're doing or what you're wearing right now is really like I love it. You know, to me, I get like I get a charge from it. I just like I see it, and it's just like it kind of. It turns it kind of, if I'm having a bad day, it turns my day around. Yeah, it's just totally. something. It's like something to hold on to. It's just really nice to yeah. see. But I totally understand what that's like. I, I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Sometimes it'll just turn my day around. Honestly, if I just see like a couple really cute queer kids. Well, I guess because like, it's charging that I'm queer like, battery of yours that I'm may like, have been depleted. I know like, it gets gotta depleted. get a charge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too. I definitely feel. I'm that not way. the only one in this situation. That's right. That's right. right. In this I, restaurant or I whatever it is, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get to have my battery recharged here. I love it. I didn't even have to go to cubbyhole for that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just in line at Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic oh my god all right you are amazing i loved having you on you're so awesome do you want to go ahead and plug yourself right now do you want to tell people where to find you online if you want to talk about like play out or whatever like tell people where they find you on instagram or your website go ahead and plug away plug away (laughs) so my instagram is 25 to lifer (laughs) the the numbers two five and then and then the word to, and then my last name. That's L- right. We'll tag you. Don't worry. I-F-E-R. We'll tag you in the post. Um, and I'm I'm also the proud uh, co-owner of a gender equal underwear company mm. called Playout. Yes, awesome. And if you don't know about Playout, you got to check that out. 
We're going to tag them like when, <laughs> when this episode comes out. Awesome. Yep, and that's at PlayOutNYC uh, is our Instagram. And we're at PlayOut-Underwear.com. Um, we have new stuff all the time. Uh, myself and my business partner, Abby Sugar. Yeah. Um, run that little baby. Sweet, sweet Abby Sugar. <laughs> What's up, Abby Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, we have been, our biggest thing right now is we've been working on this amazing um, community pride campaign. Yeah. Which yeah. Do you want to talk so, about that a little bit? Yeah. Go I'm ahead. I'm so happy that you were I was. I was like, you want me in what? <laughs> Are you kidding? I had a ball. It was such a great. So, do you want to talk? I wanted you to talk briefly about Play Out with Pride. That's it was such a great campaign. It is such a great campaign. Tell us about it. Um. So, basically, we were sort of gearing up in the summer to figure out what we were gonna do for our like fall and winter campaigns, and uh, I had a lot of um, things come up in my life personally through friends of mine and and they have relatives that were having a hard time uh, a good friend of mine um had a niece from kansas who uh had been bullied uh to the point of being somewhat suicidal and um they had them come and stay with them in the city for a month and they, they like bought them play out underwear as part of sort of like so giving them stuff that would make them feel yeah. good about themselves and you know clothing and and presenting themselves the way that they want to, and giving them confidence in in doing that and expressing themselves in that way. And you know, I I my kids are grown and they, um, uh, you know, my daughter is somewhere on the spectrum, but my son is is straight and he's married and you know they they haven't really experienced um too much bigotry and stuff on this level because they just they're they were raised in LA and uh I I came out to them when they were like in elementary school and um it's just been a non-issue sort of for them right and they're very uh outspoken about uh you know they're very outspoken about how things should be. And in their mind, this should just not be an issue. So they stand up for people. They stand up for their friends. Right. They, well, they, you know, but they had they had a good parent that, that, that made that happen, right? So what, well, what happens when there's a parent, you know, that doesn't know, you know, that, that yes. it's not guiding their child in that way, you know, like... Exactly. And, and you know, I think this hearing about this uh, young person and... And actually having a couple other stories come to my attention over the summer, uh, I was really strongly reminded that Play Out, uh, you know, we have we have a lot of followers and we have a lot of people who love the brand who are more aspirational shoppers. They're not literally in a space where they can spend 20 bucks on a pair of underwear because they're younger. They might be in high school or things like that. But, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't speak to them and talk to them and reach out because... If we can't help people who are having, you know, trouble in their own space by being a good representative on the internet, like, what are we doing with it? Right. So for me, it really became about making it, we basically made an entire campaign that wasn't about selling underwear. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, 
We are going to, like, we want to talk about community pride. We want to give examples of people who are thriving. These are queer people who have amazing lives. They have great jobs. They're successful at what they do. They have a giant friend and community base. Like, these are all people who are crushing it. And you just need to hang in there. Like, just, even if you have to just... Like, for dear life, we all have our stories of That's what right. we had to go through That's to get right. here. That's right. And to be ourselves. Yeah. And the more I can put that out into this space, especially in the face of this administration, yep. um, I want to put continue putting the broadest representation of, you know, queer success and what you can do and what you can be inside of that space Ugh, because there's wonderful. a lot of people just like I did got told you know like well you know you'll you'll never be loved and you're not going to be successful and how it, that's no way to live like you're you never get a job like people won't hire you like you know people are fed all of this nonsense and you know even if it's true in your little tiny part of the world it's not true for the rest that's of the right. world that's right. And you just need to hang in there. That's right. Like, do whatever it takes to get through that moment and that place in time. And it's going to feel arduous. As a teenager, I felt like I was in jail and I was just waiting it to get yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but if you can just hang in there, just it. There's so many amazing better things waiting for you. Oh, I love that. I love that. You guys need to go check out. So tell us what the website is so, so they can go check this out. Yeah, it's playout-underwear.com. Yes, please go check this out. Check out Playout with Pride. Liz and Abby are doing some amazing things. I love what they're doing. I, I, I cannot say enough things about what they're doing, and I think that if you can, go out and check out the website, support them, and buy some underwear. <laughs> You know you need some new underwear. That's why I just buy some underwear. Just do we, it. We got a lot of cute, very soft, yeah. very comfortable, and, I, I, and sexy some, underwear. That underwear is soft as hell. So you guys, definitely go check it out. You are doing some awesome things. Thank you so much for being with us. You're thank amazing. You. We love you. Guys, thank you so much for listening to us today. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Comment. Rate it. Ask questions. Do whatever you want. We want to hear from you. Uh, please tune into the next episode, and we're so happy to have you on today. Liz, you're awesome. Thank Aww, you. I love you. I love you too, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll see you next time.